2: All right, this is going to be a different kind of conversation we're about to have here. It's not current events. It's not politics. It's not news of the day. We're not debating some uh, profound issue. This all stems from uh, half a tweet I encountered yesterday, and it asked a very simple question. Uh, And often it's the simplest of questions that ultimately uh, get into my mind and implant themselves there and lead me to, to ponder and muse for sometimes days on end. Maybe that's a condition I have. I should get it checked out. No, okay. Well, the question is this: If the circumstances arose where I needed to carry, physically carry my loved ones, an incapacitated loved one from, say, a burning building, or maybe they uh, lost consciousness, and the fastest way to get them to help would be to, uh, you know, heft them up in some sort of uh, way and drag them or carry them to the car and ultimately to the hospital or something like that, could I do it? Would I have the the physical strength and be aware of the uh, techniques necessary to effectively get my loved one uh, out of harm's way uh, and into safety? And so this conversation uh, spread pretty quickly. Yesterday in the newsroom, everyone I asked uh, sat and thought about it. They, uh, in their mind, assessed uh, you know the the body types and sizes of uh, the rest of their family members. Could I carry that one? Could I carry that one? Yeah, I could probably get that one. Yeah, we can get the dog easily yeah, Okay. Oh, I don't know about Uncle So and So though. Uh, about six foot eight, weighs uh, two hundred plus pounds. Not sure if we could heave him to safety. So I thought, well, you know what? There must be, there must be tactics, and expertise. You think of firefighters whose job it is to uh, rush into and towards danger and to rescue people, oftentimes using their own own power to carry them away to safety. So who better to talk to uh, and who better to get advice on this very issue uh, and this very question? Could you carry your loved one to safety than Captain Travis Botcher, who joins us now from the Murray Fire Department? Captain, welcome to the program. How are you?
1: I'm doing good, Lee. How are you doing?
2: I'm all right now. Listen, let me just apologize up front. I am sure that it is not that often that you get radio folks calling up and saying, "Hey, how do you how do you carry a limp body uh, out of out of a building?" I, I promise you, this is about safety. It's all in the name of safety. Uh, good, and so, good.
1: No, I, I so, think so that's a great idea.
2: L- let me ask you this: it, it, it's a, it's a difficult task, am I right?
1: Yes, yes, definitely is is very difficult to be able to, and and like you said, a, a limp body too would make it even more difficult for you so
2: when you have uh, recruits and they are being trained to uh, like i said run towards danger and get people out uh when when this issue arises how does training commence on on extricating a a victim of something to out to safety
1: you know this, this is a big question because we you know we do train a lot uh and and we do carry a lot of people out of buildings uh the majority of what we do in the fire department, and, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, is, is EMS. Uh, but we do do fire calls as well. So for our EMS calls, we still have to figure out how we're going to safely lift somebody out of a building or or get them out of there. You know whether we're using our stretcher. Uh, we have something called a mega mover, which is like a large bed sheet with a bunch of handles on it so that we can get multiple firefighters around the patient to safely get them out of the building. Uh, we have stair chairs and we have uh other tricks you know that we use and the stair chair is something that that has tracks on it so that we can move somebody downstairs and and all of these things require training you know there there are so many different variables or different situations and so we have to train and and be prepared to to get people out you know to whatever the situation may be
2: when when those devices, when the the sheet and the stair chair and uh, a conventional stretcher, when those aren't available to you, uh, w- what what's the what's the training for firefighters then? And w- what what uh, what could say uh, someone like me apply to uh, the home should one of my loved ones uh, become incapacitated, or I've got to drag them out of harm's way?
1: Right. So in a fire, we wouldn't be able to use those those things that I talked about. So um, let, let's talk about like the inside of a building fire. Um, it's not like what you see on TV where there's uh, you know very little smoke and you can see across the room and you can talk and everybody can hear uh, It's not easy to communicate and most of the time it's usually dark like turning out the lights in a room and and hey go and go and find something you know as you're crawling around and feeling but uh, we train a lot and in those dangerous situations you know the smoke and fire r- they, they go up to the top so the ceiling and that part's dangerous so you're not really carrying anybody out of that situation so you'd be dragging mm-hmm. and we work in teams of at least two people uh, ideally four people to to get even just one person out so it, it takes a lot of technique, a lot of training uh, you know ability to be able to get somebody out of that situation
2: you know in a pinch, how does one person do it?
1: Oh, man. You know, we don't go in fires or anything like that as one person, but it would be hard. And like like you talked about, I think that there are a lot of variables. Um, but dragging somebody out would probably be the best. But you also have, you know, to take into account are there stairs, do I have to go downstairs, do I have to go up the weight difference between the person that's doing the rescuing versus the person that's being rescued or dragged out. So uh, some of the things that I think of are early detection, you know, so we could have smoke detectors in our house so that we can get the fire department started early to get personnel that are trained to be able to get somebody out. um, You could also, you know, sleep with your doors closed or close that door, which buys time, you know, not allowing fire to get into that room and reducing the amount of smoke that would be able to get in there so that the fire department could come and help get that person out safely. You, you, you
2: hear the phrase sometimes fireman's carry. Is that a real thing? And if so, what is it?
1: You know, there are fireman carries. Uh, and, and and like I said, though, that, that wouldn't be the safest situation inside of a house fire. You know, where you throw somebody over your back and in yeah. that hero moment where you're walking out, that actually would be bad because that's, that's where all the heat and the smoke is. And so keeping somebody down towards the ground where there's, you know, where it's cooler and there's there's better chance of survival, and so those are the techniques that we really practice because being able to lift somebody and put them on your back and 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 just be able to walk out, like I said, you can't see inside of a fire, right. and so you know you're you're most likely already crawling to, to try and have the best vis- visibility inside of that structure that's on fire, whether it's a house or a big building.
2: You you mentioned, and again, we're ta- speaking with Captain Travis Botcher of the Murray Fire Department, a training captain there, uh, asking a very basic question. If I am in a circumstance in which I need to get my loved one out of harm's way, be it uh, a fire or they somehow become incapacitated, I need to get them out of the building, maybe into a vehicle and onto the hospital. Uh, do I have the physical strength and the technique uh, to do it? Uh, captain has let us know that much of uh, the removal from a building will come uh, at the ground level, below the heat and the smoke that rises. Uh, And you mentioned, too, Captain, that there oftentimes are going to be pretty dramatic imbalances uh, in the weight of the victim and the weight of the hero and the strength of each. Uh, Let's say, though, that it becomes 100% necessary. We need to get someone from a building. As I assess my situation preemptively, I'm not that strong. I'm not that in shape. How do I
1: get there? You know, we're we're very fortunate at Murray City Fire Department. We have workout equipment in every station, and we set time aside every day to work out. Uh, that's just kind of built into our schedule so that we have, you know, the strength that we need. So I think that, you know, for a person that hasn't done that or hasn't been working out, I think that that's you just have to start there and, and start at small things and try and make little progress in that uh, aspect so that you can be in shape. But like I said, there are so many variables that, it's just hard to say like, Hey, this is the one exercise that you can do, you know, whether it was squats or deadlifts or something like that, that's just going to make it. And I think that for us working in a team environment, you know, where we're not just showing up with one person to get you out, we're showing up with multiple people focused on the same technique and way to get you out, you know, whether we're using webbing or we're using some kind of device to help us drag you out of that situation. So, but getting out, uh, especially, you know, during these times now, whether you're walking or, or you know, trying to stay safe during our pandemic, you know, just trying to do the basics of workout and, and try and make little progress or, or small incremental progress as you go. So.
2: Captain Botcher, thank you so much for your, your insight here. Thanks for the conversation. Uh, and thanks for humoring this, uh, this seemingly small question, but what I believe uh, very truly could uh, someday be a matter of life or death. Captain, thanks again for your
1: time. Yeah, thank you so much, Lee, for having me on. Hundred uh, percent.
2: So, so there you have it. There you have it. It's often a challenging circumstance, especially if you find yourself in a, a burning building. The key: stay low. Uh, opt to drag if you can. And in other circumstances, if you have to go other ways, and you have, uh, you know, preemptively assess the situation. If you've gone through hypothetically what might be required to get your loved one to safety, if you may, if you're not in shape, if you don't think you could do it. Uh, maybe maybe spend a little bit of time uh, at the gym or walking around the block or doing whatever it takes to be strong enough, physically strong enough, to get your loved one to safety. Exercise, in this case, may not just answer the question of your own health, but it may be a matter of life or death for your loved ones. Now, these are all extreme circumstances. Our fingers are crossed every day that we don't face them. But should you face them, wouldn't it be great to be ready? Quick break. When we return, we're looking at another piece of legislation right now on Utah's Capitol Hill. And it has to do with distracted driving. A bill comes up often. Hasn't yet made it at the governor's desk. Will this year be different? I don't know. We'll discuss it next. Distracted driving. That's cell phones in the cars coming up next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio.